Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. Back with you in the studio today. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. And we're here to take your calls, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number to get on the air. And text me. You can Text lines are always open for prayer. And you can text me directly, 720-336-0897. I suggest you put those in your address book, your contacts, so that you can just tell Siri or your Android phone or Google, whoever, however you do that, to call or text those numbers to connect with us. It makes it much more convenient. And then you don't need to be frantic waiting for us to give the phone number. Uh, And then you have the phone number when there's a lull. I want to welcome everyone on the Grace FM radio network up and down the front range here in Colorado. You're listening live. Also, our friends around the country on the Radio by Grace network, originating from Grace Church in Amarillo, Texas, want to welcome you guys listening live. And Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, you guys are listening to this one week delayed, but all that really means is you can call the show while we're on the air, talk to a live host, then tune in the following week to hear yourself on the radio, which is kind of cool. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, we did purposely have some Encore presentations on last week because it was our big week for our Refresh Ministry Conference. Almost a 1,000 people were here uh, for our conference from all around the country, and it was the best ever. Uh, we were just so encouraged. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, it was such an encouraging time. Uh, the Lord was with us, ministering his, his grace and His Word to us. We had a big launch party, which started out as a surprise. Uh, it was a surprise, all right, because it's nothing, probably nothing like you've ever experienced at a ministry conference, and it had a 90s theme. The colors of everything had a 90s theme, but we also had a party that evening that was 90s themed. We had all sorts of video games and bouncers, not for the kids. This was for adults. And it was really a version of what we do here at Calvary that we call our servant appreciation party. We threw a servant appreciation party for all the ministry servants that came to the conference. Big, big success all the way around, everything about it, pinball. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. I think Kevin probably had some fun with that. You guys remember that video game where he's a wire uh, he's a wire mesh and you're fighting different people? Um, uh, so you could fight him in Jesus' name. Knock him out. 303-690-3000. Jessica up in Fort Collins, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Dave. I had a couple of questions. Um, so 
I'll break it down in two parts. But my first question is, my husband and I are considering um, in vitro. Uh, we've been trying naturally for over two years. Sure. And uh, the next step is in vitro. And I've heard kind of conflicting views on both ends. And I wanted to see what your thoughts were on in vitro, if it's something that, you know, um, I know the Lord, you know, medicine, science, and, and everything coexists under the Lord. But I, I don't know, what are your thoughts on in vitro? Is this something that as a Christian um, we should consider or should not? Well, how about, how about we ask the question this way? You ready? Uh-huh. Why are you hesitant? I'm hesitant because, well, a podcaster I listened to, he, he was talking about how Christians shouldn't consider in vitro because the eggs um, get frozen. And, and forgive me, I don't know the full process, but he's, he was just saying that it was inhumane and uh, that... You know, Christians, we should not consider in vitro or okay. something to that extent. So don't make your decisions on some podcast person. Okay? Don't let them yeah. have that kind of control over your life. On such a sensitive matter that the Bible doesn't directly address, I think that you and your husband should have a real good heart-to-heart discussion with your doctor. Let them explain the process to you. Let them explain all the questions that you might have, and then take that information and lay it before God and pray. And I believe as you guys pray, the Holy Spirit will give you a peace, whatever your decision is. But it's unfortunate. There's so many voices out there and so many opinions. Sometimes even us pastors can be so caught up in our opinions that we make our opinions like biblical truth. And we need to remind people when we're teaching that if we're sharing an opinion— that it's just that, it's an opinion. And I can't speak to how what happens in the IVF process and how that all works, and I, I don't really know because I'm not a doctor. However, I know that if I sat down with a doctor and I, I, my wife and I, wanted, if we wanted to go down that path, I would trust my doctor, I would take that information, I'd lay it before the Lord. And I think that I, I can speak to the things I do know about. Having a child is a blessing, Bringing a child into a Christian home is a blessing. The advances in medical technology are a blessing. Uh, and so, so far, you and your husband are very much on the pathway of blessing. And don't let a podcaster de- derail you that doesn't know you, doesn't know your family, um, and just has some strong opinion. I know it's a controversial matter, but it, the Bible doesn't directly say you can't do it. So that becomes a conviction. It becomes a matter of conviction before between you and the Lord. Um. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess um, I, I kind of wanted confirmation because that's kind of what I felt about it. You know, we've been praying about it and obviously, you know, trying naturally. And uh, this specific podcaster, you know, claims to be, you know, a follower of Christ as well. But I, I just, I, I didn't know enough and I wanted to see just, what your thoughts were well, on that. Again, I would, expect, that. I'll, I'll... I would expect that person to be a follower of Christ, but that doesn't give him permission to throw his opinions over my life. Yeah, true. So, I mean, I, I would test all things. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't diminish his podcast or, or what he's trying to accomplish, but I would test all things and hold fast to what is good. And 
not being able to have a child is, is very challenging, and you happen to live in a time where medical science has provided a way that could possibly solve the problem of your desire. He, God, of course, God can miraculously open the womb, um, but sometimes there are issues that happen within the body because of sin, you know, our fallen nature and who we are, broken bodies, that medical... It, it's almost like this. It, it's a very similar question. Of course, there are different issues, but it's a very similar question. That someone says, "You know, I I'm battling a grave disease. Should I take this medicine?" Well, you know, that's a personal conviction. I don't know if you should take that medicine or not. What do you think? And how? What has God been giving you? Um, and if you feel the conviction of what happens in a doctor's office is true human life, um, then then you probably should stay away from it and adopt or step into the foster care system or keep trying a natural. But if you have from your doctor's advice explaining to you exactly what happens, you come to the conclusion that it's not human life until implanted in the womb or, you know, how, again, I'm, I'm not, I can't speak to the depth of all this because I'm not an expert in it, but I think that you still have your own conviction and your own conviction is going to be between you and the Lord. Yeah, yeah. I guess I need to just uh, keep praying over it and and get more informed. I'm always uh, worried about, you know, um, what is it like the signs of omission or they're the sins, right? The the ones that you do without knowing and uh, obviously the ones you do knowingly. But um, yeah, I'm always afraid to commit some sin without knowing I'm committing a sin, I guess. Yeah, I can understand that. There's a there's a beautiful thing about sensitivity, especially your sensitive conscience before the Lord, and I would never want to talk you out of it. That's why, you know, when I hear when I hear a statement like, you know, this podcaster thinks this, and I'm like, okay, you know, I don't want them to I don't want them they don't even know you. They don't even have a conversation with you, so I don't want them messing with your sensitive conscience either. But I'm reminded of this, you know, everything in life is a step of faith. And the Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I just know as you pray, God will give you the wisdom you need to make the decision, yea or nay, and then you're going to make it by faith. And... It's a powerful, wonderful, beautiful thing to bring children into the world. And if you can do so from your own womb, that's also beautiful. But the questions that you have, you guys should write them down and ask your doctor so that the person that's an expert in the medical side of this can speak to you so that you guys can make your decision as unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So I guess you kind of... um answered, you know, my, my second question in part, and I think I know the answer, but okay. what that was is I, I used to be, um, I like to think of myself as generous, and I always always used to give to, like, panhandlers and anybody, Yes. and um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were. I don't want to become an enabler because, you know, I know statistically, you know, a lot of these people are going to turn around and take that money and use it to buy more drugs, and I've been um, kind of struggling when I come to the red light and there's a panhandler there that, you know, I've seen for, you know, months or weeks in a row and I leave and usually, you know, my nature, I would 
go into my purse and I would just give out out of the kindness of my heart. But sure. recently, I've been struggling with these like, well, am I am I becoming an enabler? Um, or, you know, I don't uh, necessarily agree with, with the lifestyle if they're just coming out here to beg. And should I, um, I guess by your previous answer, I, sh- I need to bring it before the Lord yes. and pray about that. But what are your thoughts on just kind of giving to panhandlers and people that you know are going to use it for drugs? It's a great question because you're seeing it more and more uh, how people that are asking for money are increasing more and more. Like it seems like every corner... And every island is filled with people now. And you hit it on the head. And I want to start where I want to start in the right place. And that is your generosity. Please, please, please don't let the news media, don't let politicians, don't let pastors, don't let the proliferation of beggars ever, 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 never steal away from you your generosity. Stay a generous person, please. We need more generous people that are obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit and giving back into of all that God has given to you. Don't protect that generosity because there's so much in the world, so many people's opinions that would want to take away from you the generosity. And you're going to be burned and people are going to take advantage of you. Obviously, you're going to walk in wisdom. You're, you're going to walk in the, the wisdom of the Lord. That, that's, that's a given but don't let anyone take away that generosity because um, because that, that when you're generous, you are close to the Father's heart because God is generous. He loved the world so much that he gave a great personal sacrifice. And we want to remember the significance of generosity. If there, I like to tell our church that, the, that if generosity is to exist on the earth, then the believers are to be the most generous. There's just no way around that. We are to be the most generous because we ha- we serve and ha- and claim to have a relationship with a generous God. So number one. Now number two, you know, your answer to giving to the needy and the poor um, is definitely a couple things. Number one is yes, you can give. Uh, it, it is biblical to have a heart for and to give to needy and to the poor. It doesn't necessarily limit to panhandling. Um, and it doesn't just limit to the people begging on the corners. You can give to the needy and the poor in a lot of different ways. Uh, it doesn't have to be them. So your answer, the answer to those begging is this. If you want to give to them, give to them. If you don't want to give to them, don't give to them. It's that simple. Gotcha, gotcha. Thank you for that. It kind of reaffirms my original stance and, you know, what they do is their prerogative, but I guess um yeah sometimes I, mean, I feel like the the holy spirit coming over me that puts yes. that person I need to turn around I need to go yes. give but then there's I've had other times where I didn't get that feeling from the lord and I just I kind and, of I'm like I don't know I just drove off but it and you but it, and I also want you to know me. that you can walk in holy common sense so God doesn't doesn't say roll down your window and put yourself in a dangerous position just so you can obey me and give to this. Like you don't have to put yourself in a dangerous position. You don't have to put yourself in a vulnerable position. God is not calling you to do that. Uh, God is not calling you to feel uh, unsafe with a person that that you might be uncomfortable with, or you know they're getting super aggressive. Um, and so I just didn't. I I was coming home from church. You know, worshiping the Lord, and I always have resources available to give. I try to keep stuff available so I can give. 
but this this lady was like super aggressive, and I just felt like, no, I'm not going to give to her. Um, and I hope I'm. I mean, again, ultimately the Lord is going to judge me. Ultimately, He knows my heart. He knows like He knows my. I I love to be generous, but for this lady, she had a. Uh, she she was just super. She was super aggressive, and you know, I don't. I don't. I didn't feel like the Lord wanted me to give. I didn't feel like giving that day, and I didn't. And I don't. I didn't feel any conviction from the Holy Spirit either. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I got to get away from my like. I tend to be lean a little on the legalistic and yeah. the do's and the don'ts, and so I, I beat myself up when I don't. But I'm, I'm learning to, to give space for the Holy Spirit yes. to, to move within me and, and and discernment. I feel like you know some of those times where I didn't, I felt discernment from the Holy Spirit, but then the human part of me wants to, you know, convict me. How could, you know, why wouldn't you give, you know, you're pulling up on your fancy car or whatever, and this person needs, you know, assistance and you didn't. So I I feel like part of that is just battling like the legalistic human instinct, you know, uh, way of thinking and versus just being still and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to to move me and give me that discernment. So let me give you biblical permission to what I'm talking about uh, on a couple of examples. The first one is when G was is the it's they're both involving Jesus, but one is in John chapter five and verse two. Are you familiar with the time that Jesus walked into the area of the, well, that's known as the pools of Bethesda? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know when we go to Israel. Um, that's one of the stops that we have in in Jerusalem is is the old ruins of the pools of Bethesda and there's a beautiful church there and we sing a cappella and 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 then the, we give the message a little devo here in John five is usually where where the pastors will go and remember the 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 text says he says he comes into this area and this is what it says in these these porches lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed. So we know in this area, there were many, a great multitude, let's just say hundreds, hundreds of sick people. Jesus comes there, and if you remember the true story, how many people did Jesus heal? Do you remember? I don't know if I'm confusing it, but I think it was the the one. Just one. You're right. Just one. He identified one person and did not heal all the rest of them. And that tells me that if the Son of God can come into a place accomplishing the Father's will and only heal one among a multitude, then sometimes the way we define things where we have to do everything for everyone is not even the way that Jesus lived his life. Mm-hmm. And there's another example, and we just this is a fresh one because we've been studying this. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John go up to the uh, temple together in the hour of prayer, and there's a certain lame man there that's lame from his mother's womb. He was da- laid daily at the gate of the temple, beautiful. And remember, Peter looks at him and tells him to get up. I don't have any money for you, but today rise and walk. Remember that story? Acts chapter 3, you still with me? Yeah. Okay, yes, so so here's a guy that, it was Peter that healed him. And although the text doesn't say, I think 
contextually, we can conclude that if this guy was laid daily at the gate and he was lame uh, for since his mother's womb, there is a very, 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 very good chance that Jesus walked by him many times to get into the temple at the hour of prayer. And if he did walk by him along with the apostles many, many, many times without healing him and touching him, then again, we see that we do we are not obligated by the Holy Spirit or by God to do everything for everyone. So nobody can guilt trip us. Were you raised in a man-made religion where they guilt tripped you? Um, well, I was raised Roman Catholic, yes. so I, I think, yeah. Yes, you were. You know, that was the primary motivation, manipulation and guilt. But God doesn't operate like that. Only man operates like that. God leads. He doesn't push. He leads like a good shepherd. He doesn't push you like your cattle. He doesn't drive you like cattle. He leads you like a shepherd. Yeah, amen. I have to remind myself that. And his ways are not our ways. So let me, re- let me recommend a book for you. I think you're primed for this book right where you are right now. It's entitled, Why Grace Changes Everything, by Pastor Chuck Smith. Oh, okay. Why Grace Changes Everything, by Pastor Chuck Smith. And it may be still available for free on Kindle. I would check there first if you use a Kindle. Uh Um, uh If it's not available for free, you can get it. We have it uh, on our website at calvaryco.store, at our store. Um, Or you can get it wherever you normally get books, but... Uh, there might be a free version available, but you're, you're ready for this book. The, the Doctrine of Grace revolutionized Pastor Chuck's life, and and because of his testimony, it's revolutionized a lot of our lives as well. Awesome. I just pulled it up right now. Okay, good. Yeah. Why Grace Changes Everything. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you for that, and thank you so much. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. So good. Such a great start to the show today. Let's go to uh, next um, to Denver. If you want to give me a call, 303-690-3000. Marcy, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're on the air. Well, thank you, Pastor. Um, I am originally from Ethiopia, and I have three kids here yes uh, they're asking me to celebrate halloween and uh i know it's not biblical but i don't know how i can i can help them understand uh what's behind it sure and if you can yeah explain they're they're actually with me and if you can explain that and i don't know why some christians celebrate it and why some christians do not here too well, I think that we have to define, we have to separate some things for a second. You know, first of all, nothing in the Bible says that we can't dress up, that we can't pretend, that we can't live in make believe. Nothing in the Bible prohibits that. Uh, so, the dressing up in a costume like a princess or a cowboy or something, uh, there's nothing sinful about that. As it's related to Halloween, the the origins of Halloween are not biblical. And so the reality of the reality of celebrating it, um, you know, the <clears throat> the reality of stepping into the evil origins or the evil connotations of Halloween, the 
celebrating of the the celebrating of the dead as it's become, or in our culture, you know, it's a um, you know a significant commercial commercialized things. Um, one one origin of Halloween is tied to the festival of Samhain, which is many believe is the beginning of the Celtic year. And this is where they farmers brought their livestock from their pastures, and they started to build shelters for winter. And the the festival itself had religious significance, where people burned fruits and vegetables, offering to their pagan gods. Um, you know, of course, today Halloween is associated with witchcraft uh, and death and destruction and evil. Um, and you know, the the like many things. Many people tried to, to um, capitalize on something that was evil in its in its root, but like most of the pagan Celts of the, you know, considering this, I'm reading from an article here. Um, they when when they became Christianized, the church established a different day, the All Souls Day, and uh, it was a day set aside to pray, set aside to uh, pray for friends and family who had died. People made many of the pagan customs of this part of a Christian holy day. And and so the approach that I've taken with my kids, just as a dad, this is my opinion, is um, as long as they're not participating in the trick-or-treat part of things, but they are, our church always did something alternative where it was focused on the gospel and we're giving candy away and it could be an environment where you could dress up and not nothing evil, nothing dark. You know, nothing that would speak of death or destruction, uh, but truly have a, a night where they can have fun without participating in witchcraft and all kinds of weird stuff. And and asking for, for candy, if your neighbors are giving out candy, go get it. Um, you know, if it was any other day, you could go ask for candy. Why not a day when they're ready to give it to you? Um, and so Marie, Marie and I have changed our convictions over the years in the early days of our marriage, we were very, very strict on this. Uh, and then over the years, we just found out we could teach our kids how to live in the world without being the world. And our church had an alternative night. Uh, and we as a church, we will be having an alternative night here at Calvary Church in Aurora that we call a family fest. And we're going to have all kinds of free games and candy. And um, we're going to be here from 5 to 9 here on Hampton and Tower where it's an alternative, and if you want to, you want to, you know, dress up in costumes. Great. You don't want to dress up in costumes. I come dressed up as a pastor every year, so I just basically wear what I normally wear. And then people ask you, "What do you sign up?" I'm I'm dressed up as a pastor, but I, I try to teach our church to stay away from sin. If you have a strong conviction against celebrating anything related to Halloween, then you then you need to hold to that conviction. And you need to hold to that conviction with a way to be able to explain. You need to be able to explain it to your kids. You need to be able to explain to your children that are listening to me right now why you hold the biblical belief that you hold to. And if it means you have to dig deeper and pray harder, then you need to be able to do that because a radio explanation isn't going to be enough. Um, because yeah. I have two questions from what you said. Yes. Uh, one, uh, why why do you pick um, a day that, you know, that uh, the roots, you know, is evil? Yeah, that's a great question. So hold on, 
And I've got to, I hopefully have a really good answer for you. Uh, and so we're going to come to a break right now, and then I'll come back and I'll answer that question. You'll, we'll, we'll come back. So I'm going to put you back on hold, and we will answer that question. Super good. I mean, whenever this comes up, it really does speak to our why. We may have convictions, but why? Do we have a reason for the convictions that we hold? And as we get back to Marcy after the break, a great question. Why do it on Why do it on the 31st? And I've got a great answer for that. Um, besides the practical side of the, your neighbors are giving out candy, go fill your bags, kids, and just take it from them. They're ready to give it. But then why do we do something on October 31st? I can't wait to answer that. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Stick with us. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half today. Yes, call us, 303-690-3000. We have one line open. Shout out to our friends on Radio by Grace, Grace FM. Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, listening online around the world. Welcome to our studios. We're glad to be a small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. I want to, before I have some introductory remarks, I want to get back to our phone lines. We were talking about Halloween and we're talking to Marcy. And Marcy, you had a follow up question. Go ahead and ask that follow up question again for us. Um, Why do you choose a day even to dress up? Uh, where the devil is also celebrating it. Yeah, I think that I think that we need to understand that we have the opportunity to do whatever we want, whenever we want, in Christ. There's no limitation on us. Some people celebrate the day the Bible says under the Lord. Some people don't celebrate the day as under the Lord. Um, either way, let them be fully convinced in their own mind. Uh, Paul wrote to the Romans, "Why would we choose the thirty first? To, to allow dress up or encourage uh, or to give out candy. I'll tell you why we do it here at Calvary. We have a saying on a wall. It was I, I read it. It wasn't mine personally, but I adopted it. It is me now saying it. I believe it. I own it, even though I didn't originate it. And it says, we will do anything short of sin to reach the lost. And on the 31st of October, literally thousands upon thousands of children are out on the streets looking for candy. And I, when they're out on the streets looking for candy, I want them to find a safe refuge here on our property, and we will give them candy on our terms. We will give them candy with the gospel. We will give them candy with the love of Christ. As a matter of fact, our church is filling up a room with candy that they purchased as a gift to everyone that visits our property that day. And so... You can dress up on any day. Last week, on Thursday, we had a special party here at our church. It was a party to celebrate servants, and it was themed as going back to the 90s. And you know what some people did? They bought costumes, and they dressed up for the 90s because it was a goofy, fun way to enjoy the day. And so I want you to understand that you have permission from the Holy Spirit, Marcy, to say yes to your children as unto the Lord, or to say no to them 
it's really your choice as their parent to help disciple them in following after Christ. And you're going to have to be fully convinced in your own mind um, what, you know, again, for me, when I come to that, I'm kind of joking. I don't dress up. I'm, I don't, dressing up doesn't really appeal to me unless I, I may be wearing a Dodger uniform or something, but I just basically come in my everyday clothes. So I personally don't have a desire to dress up. I don't really care one way or the other personally. Um, but to allow the kids to pretend, I mean, they're going to pretend anyway. Um, why not allow them, uh, give them an alternative? And for us here at this church, we're not celebrating Halloween. Um, we're just like on Sunday when we come worship, we're not celebrating the sun god, even though the Romans created this the the created uh, this calendar system or the the um, the calendar was named after Roman gods. I'm you know the sun god, the moon god. I I say Sunday and Monday all the time, but I'm not worshiping false gods. We just have to remember we are in the world, but we're not of the world, and we're gonna have to teach our kids how to navigate in this world. And if it's no. God is with you. It's okay. I in no way judge you, and I don't think it's a bad decision. It's a decision you're making under the Lord. But if it's yes in some way, I also don't judge you for that. And I think you can make a yes decision or a no decision by faith. Okay. The other thing you said is it's okay to go and have candies from neighbors, but what if the neighbor that they go to is really worshiping, um, you know, the dark and um, is dedicating that to it, uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like Paul said, if you go and, eat and they serve you meat, don't ask them where it came from. Like, it's if you have a conviction, like if, you're, if you know your neighbor is a, a devil worshiper, then just skip the house. I mean, that, 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 that kind of thinking, you could do the same thing, somebody working at King Supers, and they got a box of Snickers, and they just lay their hand, I, I think this box of Snickers, I curse it, and everyone that eats it. I mean, none of that stuff matters. God is so much bigger than them. God is, God is great, and whatever we eat, we just eat with Thanksgiving, the Bible says, and whatever we take. But I, I have to say, you know, it's a lighthearted discussion you and I have, because I know you're serious about this, and I can't emphasize enough if you have a conviction, it's okay to have that conviction. And if there's a devil worshiper you know for sure on your block, just skip them. But most of the people on your block don't worship God. Mm-hmm. So if they came over and asked for sugar, would you give it to them? Yes. If the, you needed sugar, would you ask them? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that as you're processing this and praying through it, you're learning how to live in this world, but not be of this world. And again, if you if if you know someone, there's no you don't have to bend to, to like make sure you ask the devil. I mean, maybe it's uh, yeah. Who who knows what the Lord's going to do? But the answer could be yes or no. And either way, you're going to make that decision by faith. I just want you to know it's very important that as you communicate this to your children, you communicate it in a way that is biblical and sound, and, and you know you can t- explain to them their conviction. You know, you can explain to them your conviction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I just have a question. Sure, ask it. What's your name? Yaseb. Yaseb? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up? What is the meaning of Halloween? 
The meaning of Halloween, depending on who's celebrating it, could be of a lot of different things because there's a lot of origins to it. But it is a it is a holiday that is rooted in many things that speak to death and witchcraft. And really what it's become in our country is just a way to sell things and make money and and pretend that death is okay. I personally don't like Halloween. Personally, I don't like it. I don't like people making fun of death or making making it look like death is okay or having big skeletons. I don't like it personally. That's why we provide something different at our church. So are you saying that the way you celebrate Halloween can affect many things? Yeah, I think I, I don't I personally don't like celebrating Halloween. That's my personal conviction. But that doesn't mean I can't ask for candy or eat candy that night. So, like, some the way you celebrate Halloween can change if it's good or bad? The way that you celebrate Halloween can change what is good or bad? Celebrate it can change. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I can celebrate Halloween. I don't. You don't? Nope. I don't, just like when I say the word Sunday, I don't worship the sun god. To me, October 31st is a, there's another day that October 31st represents the the start of the Reformation and the stand of Martin Luther. I prefer to think of it that way. And then as a church, I want to reach our community. So as a pastor, we provide an alternative where people can come play games and, and have candy in a safe environment where the gospel is preached and people are loved in Jesus' name. So if okay. so, somebody comes to our church, they're not celebrating Halloween because we're not celebrating Halloween. But if they are, they're doing it on church property, and they're going to learn that there's an alternative to it. Thank you. You're welcome. I think those are really, really good questions. Super important to ask. Okay. Thank All right. You. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Marcy. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I mean, this is this topic, and then coming up on Christmas is another topic, and then all sorts of things that I, I think I did a Bible study. Can you find, like, what do I do in the gray areas of life? I did a Bible study about gray areas um, that I know some people may not think Halloween is in the gray area. Uh, and that's fine. But when we have something on the property, we are in no way celebrating Halloween. Like you're doing something on a night where everybody's outside and it can be a destination. And I personally don't like it. Fort Carson, Colorado. Alan, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you doing today? Good, Alan. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I uh, I had a question and uh, it's also a prayer request. Okay. Uh, right now, my... Um, Right now, I am financially supporting my uh, my cousin. I believe he's nine years old. He lives in Mexico. Um, my well, my grandmother's adopted son. I call him my cousin. Um, and you know, uh, you know, he he lives with her right now. Okay. And uh, you know, of course, it's Mexico, right? So there's a lot more, po- uh, you know, um, poverty places yes. in Mexico, and my sure. grandmother's not able to afford his school. Okay. For me, it's only one hundred and eighty-five dollars a month. Okay. Over there, that's a lot of money. So I said, I'll I'll pay for it. 
Okay. Sure, like, don't worry about it. I'm helping my grandma pay for her son's um, school, basically. And um, so, and, and on top of that, you know, I, I have, um, you know, I'm paying off a car right now. Um, and, you know, sometimes my grandmother, you know, because she's not really able to be financially supported, uh, sometimes I have to send her money for things other than school, like food and, you know, bills and, um, you know, water and heating and things like that, you know. So basically there's a lot on the line right now. There's a lot that I'm responsible for. Uh, and um, however, lately I've been making a, I've been making lots of financially irresponsible decisions, I've been buying a bunch of things that I don't really need. I've uh, been going out and um, getting food. Some days I just don't feel like cooking. And, um, and that's really irresponsible, especially since I'm paying off a car right now and, you know, with insurance and monthly payments and things like that, my phone, it's, um, I'm actually losing more money than I'm making money. But for some reason, I don't see the urgency in that. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm concerned because I want to keep supporting my grandmother um, and supporting myself, of course, because I have to be able to support myself. Um, and so I don't really know what to do right now. I, I don't know how to take control back of my finances because I don't even feel a sense of urgency uh, about it, even though I know, it's in, I know it's a big issue right now. So let me ask you this, Alan. Uh, do, you, do you lack a sense of urgency, like, generally in your life? Is this normal for you? Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Uh, even my connection with um, God lately has just been so um, not urgent for me. I've been trying to get back on the mantle, but for some reason, yeah. it's, lately it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's We talked about that a couple weeks ago, didn't we? We did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is the 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 root of of what you're calling on each God is God is revealing the same thing to you different topics using different topics in your life that he's really jealous over you and wants you back. I really believe that's a word from the Lord, Alan. And you don't need to wait for urgency, you don't need to wait for any feelings, just do it. And this is what I've learned over the years. What I've learned over the years is that we really live on the realm of our emotions so much that we try to change our emotions. And that sense of urgency is a description of your emotions. I just don't feel a sense of urgency, therefore I don't act. But you can't change your heart, Alan, at all. I can't change it. You can't change it. You can't change your heart. But you know what you can do? You can change your mind. And we change our mind a 100 times a day, don't we? I mean, think about... Think about things that you believed 20 years ago. You've changed your mind about it because you've matured and you've changed. And I believe this. If you change your mind, your feelings will follow. And I see if you call back in two more weeks without changing your mind, you would have another issue God's revealing to you. Alan, I'm jealous over you. The urgency is now. And whether you feel it or not, act upon your relationship with me. Just like this, just I know it's silly illustration, but just like calling this show, you had to do something to get on the air. It wasn't going to happen by itself. You had to pick up the phone. You had to either you know speed dial or click it or tell Siri to call it. Like you, you needed to push the buttons. And this is how it is in your walk with the Lord. And don't worry about your feelings. Just do what's right, and your feelings will follow. I know that to be fact. But if you wait for your feelings all the time then you're going to keep making bad decisions and things are going to get worse. 
No, I mean, I, I completely, uh, I completely agree. It's just, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really weird situation to be in. Um, cause like I, I, I've had times where, you know, where everything was going well and, you know, my, uh, my relationship with, with God was just flourishing. And then there were times where everything was bad and yeah. I was still really connected with God, but now I'm in a scenario where everything is, uh, working well in my life, but I'm not, um, I don't feel conviction. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why it's, uh, but even, even it's, your I statement, I even your statement, uh, what you're saying, and I know what you mean, but I want to reflect back to you, your statement. You say everything's going well. Everything is not going well. I just want you to know that everything is not going well because the most important part of your life is lacking. And while you may have some success and progress in the world and in your career and finances and things that you're measuring, you cannot say everything is going well. It's not true. And so walking in the truth, dwelling in the truth, saying, hey, even as well as things are going, because I do know what you mean. I know you're saying in part of your life things are going well, but your walk with the Lord's not. I, I understand. I'm not misunderstanding you. I get it. But I want to. St- I'm not living your life, so I give a chance to speak from outside of it, and just listen to my voice. Everything is not going well, and you must daily make the decisions in your mind that will develop your relationship with God. And trust me, the Holy Spirit's at work in you, or you wouldn't be keep calling. The Holy Spirit's in work in you. And I was reminded of this as I was sharing earlier, changing your mind and your feelings will follow. Check this out. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So you're working out like you are on the path. You're living in obedience because it's already God working in you, and he's giving you new desires and the power to accomplish the desires that he's put in your heart. I mean, I, I completely agree. I just, um, I don't know, I guess I just, I just have some more work to do, I guess. Well, I mean, remember what I told you last time, read your Bible and pray every day. Be in fellowship. I mean, make Acts 2.42, memorize that verse, and make it your life in all the actions you need to take. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in prayer, and the breaking of bread, and that's those are the four keys in your life right now. If you will read the Bible and pray every day, be in fellowship, and be at the communion table, I'm telling you, in 30 days, you can call me back and say, Ed, I have seen progress. I, I promise you, because that's God's heart for you. Right. Well, I do appreciate it, so um, so thank you for that. I I know everything you're saying is, like, within my spirit, I know, like, without a doubt, it's, it's true. I just, um, you know, lately my, my flesh has just been... Uh, overwhelming my spirit and it's of course yeah it's, it's a battle easy, of yeah i mean so the battle's I so hard Alan. the battle's so hard that even the apostle paul as he describes the battle says who will deliver me from this body of death 
He, it, it exacerbated him. It exhausted him. The battle was so hard. But, but God gave the victory because he at the same time says, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then, and then at the same time in, in Romans chapter 7 toward the end, he says, at the end, um, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's your deliverer, and he's ready to do that right now. Well, I, I really do appreciate that, um, Pastor Adele. I, I will do that. I, I will do that. I'll, um, I, I like to call back in uh, yes, let's do a couple it. weeks and let you know how things are doing. All right. Look, so let me ask you this. From the advice I gave you in the previous call, have you been doing it? So I've kind of been doing it. Um, All right. Kind I'm, of. I'm going to play, I'm gonna play around a little bit. I want to play around a little bit, okay? Have you kind of been going to work? Have you kind of been breathing? <laughs> no. Have you kind of been eating? No. Okay, so don't get mad at me. Can I say something really hard? Uh, please. Okay, it's just a lame excuse, bro. Just do it. You can. It's in you, Alan. You want it. Just do it. The Holy Spirit's with you. And... It, be more comfortable in the Word of God than you are with excuses. Maybe you're afraid that God's going to reveal more things to you, but don't be afraid of God. He loves you. He cares for you. And you have it in you. You know how to go to work. You know how to be faithful there. You know how to love your grandmother and the boy she adopted. Like There's so much in you, but something, and we don't have time on a radio program, but if you were in my office, I'm sure I could get to the root of it. Something's holding you back from stepping into these things. It could be the way you're thinking. It could be your emotions. It could be fear, anxiety. But bro, I'm telling you, just learning in the last couple phone calls with you, you're right there, but you're not going to get there with excuses. You know, if you came to work with a bunch of excuses, they would fire you. So you choose not to live at work with excuses. You, you drive your car without excuses, and you can live your life in Christ without excuses. I promise you. He is in you working in you. Let, let me ask you this. Let me let me just pause one second. Let me just ask you this. Are you born again? I am born again. Okay, so that's everything I've said is true for you. That God is in you. He loves you. He's working in you. So everything I said is true. And we don't need to worry about you being saved. You are born again in relationship with the Father through his Son and the power of his Spirit. So just yield to him. Just do what, it's kind of like at work, right? You don't work here, so you don't do what I tell you to do. And you don't work at Starbucks, you don't do what they tell you to do. But at your job, that you do exactly what they tell you to do. And it's a very similar principle. Do what God tells you to do, and you will see results. I promise you. And it's not works, right? You're not working for your salvation. Like the Bible said in Philippians 2, you're working out your salvation. Like, if you did work, you're not going to, you're not going to work, you know, you're not going to do everything um, at your job to get your job. You already have it. And because you have it, you do it. And that's how it is with our walk with the Lord. So, Father, I pray for my brother, Alan, these phone calls 
that have poured uh, seeds into his heart, Lord, I pray that they would grow and be watered, and that as he steps into this, not only will he obediently, not kind of, but just step into it, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would empower him and strengthen him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, every single word you said, I completely agreed with, and uh, you're right, so I I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, I can't be more serious. I really get this sense in my spirit that God's hand is upon you, and you are ready. You are right at a breakthrough. Like, you are right there. So just go for it, man. Thank you again. I I will do that. Okay, brother. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. All right. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let me drop that and go back to the phone lines. We are in South Carolina, Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Jolene, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I listen to you every day. Oh, wonderful. Every day. You're, um, I, I'm an Uber driver, and I, it's my truck ministry, and yes. I keep God in with me all the time. He's That's my awesome. pilot. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, I was just telling him a car, what I was talking about. Um, I had a guy that got that God. Put, I know God placed him in my truck, and his name is William. Okay. And the first time he placed him in here, he was going his way to court, and he had done something bad, something with a gun, mm. and something about keys being in his pocket. And he says, "Well." They were accusing me. I said, well, did you have them? He said, yeah. I said, well, then you were, you're guilty. I said, you've got to go face the punishment. You've got to go face the courts and see what they say. Mm-hmm. But So I prayed with him, and I prayed for God, to, you know, for him to be prompted by God and to understand what he's doing and for God to work in this situation, basically. And for, for and I told him, I always tell him, I said, I want you to know God made you, and you, he, you made, he made you perfect. So you he wants you to be successful and he went, he, you are so worthy, but you've got to re, you know, you go, you have to repent and, you know, be able to turn away from this way. But anyway, he got my truck again later on and he got away that they let this thing go. Well, this time he started talking about how he likes to do bad stuff and like, likes to be mean and do bad stuff. I said, mm. what do you mean? He said, I just like to do bad stuff. Okay. And in the process of that conversation, he told me how he didn't have a mother in his life yeah. or a dad. And so the nurturing of a mother, the love that you get in the dad. So sure. uh, it kind of makes sense in a way, but yet not always only 18 years old. Sure. So, um, and that says, well, that's, that's not of, that's not of God. Them being, doing things of that nature are of of the devil. I said, that's, you know, God doesn't do condone being bad. And, um, I said, that's the devil. And, um, and I told, I explained about how, you know, the right way to go and the left way to go, which is God is to the right. Hey, my, hey sister, I'm you, sorry, we, but we're coming up on the end of the show. So, um, I only have one minute left. How can I serve you? Devil tattoos all over him. All right. Well, Father, I just pray for Jolene and her ministry with the Uber truck and the people that are in this young man. He's just got so much going on. We pray that his heart 
would be turned towards you, that you would use Jolene's influence in his life to draw him to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. We come to the end of our program today. So glad that you joined us. So good to be back with you. Our Refresh Conference was the best, best ever, ever. I said it twice. And all the studies are available on our app. Connect with us through social media. You can go to our website, calvaryco.church, and all of our social media links are there. Please follow us, connect with us, because on our app, you need to get our app. Just go to your app store, whatever you use, put my name in it. I just did this with someone after a service not too long ago. Uh, My name is Ed Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. Put my name in there. There's a lot of Calvary churches, but only one is attached to my name. Download our free app. It's been recently updated. Stay connected with us on every single thing that we're doing here. And you got to listen to the, the, the studies. And let me just say this. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I've ever said this before, um, but this was the best Q&A session. You know how Q&As can be kind of uh, not so good? because they get off on tangents and things that aren't relevant to the conference at times. This was the absolute best Q&A that I have ever heard, and I had the privilege of also being a part of it. But the brothers I had on with me, unbelievable. These guys uh, just knocked it out of the park. CalvaryCO.Church will be here tonight, 7 o'clock. We're studying Genesis 16, verse by verse. Through the Bible, it's what we do here. See you soon. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.